Hey, this is Trey. Just wanted to give you a heads up before you listen to the podcast that when we talk about the state house maps, uh, there's some inaccurate discussion for the first uh, 10 or 15 districts on what the old map used to look like. Uh, unfortunately, when I, when I Googled what the old maps looked like, I came up with an alternate uh, uh, proposal. Uh, it wasn't the correct maps, wasn't what we worked on. Uh, you'll notice in the podcast when I recognize the mistake and kind of have a good laugh about it. Uh, but just want to pre-warn you when you get to that point if something sounds funky it's because i had the wrong maps and uh i'm dumb so hope you enjoy the rest of the discussion between me me and nick storm on uh on redistricting and uh, thank you for listening to kentucky politics weekly It is uh, January 6th, first show of January 2022, uh, and you're back on another edition of Kentucky Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Trey Watson, and uh, it's a snowy Wednesday or Thursday out there uh, at the moment, and uh, we're supposed to be joined by uh, three guests today. Uh, first, one of our guests had to take care of child care issues due to schools releasing early, uh, so we're, we're, down, we're down, down a man, but more than able to cover the work of two men my good friend from Kentucky Fried Politics, Nick Storm. Nick, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, Trey. Nice to be with you. Good to uh, good to have you on, buddy. Uh, we're uh, there's you know there's a lot of news going on. Obviously, getting a session both here and and in Washington. Uh, so we'll we'll hit a little bit of news, but we're going to spend most of this uh, this episode going through and doing a, a deep dive on redistricting. You know, listeners, this podcast. Obviously, I uh, have a particular interest in, uh, in that sort of thing. And so uh, I kind of wanted to go through and do, do a, larger, a larger look at, uh, at the maps and what they mean, uh, you know, where, where some of the key changes are, things that, pe- things that people should be paying attention to uh, as, as we move on to, uh, to running, running in new districts and what it could mean for the future of the General Assembly. Uh, but let's start with some, with some news, Nick. Uh, I guess we'll start here at home. The governor uh, had a... Uh, his state of the commonwealth address last night to do what's his budget next week or the week after i think the budget is next week i think we're expecting it uh, uh next week at uh, on wednesday or thursday i think it's the 13th uh whatever day that is i, I mean i to, to be honest you know somebody like me should be paying attention to those uh i, I didn't watch a minute of the speech last night because to be honest i could really care less because the governor is is irrelevant <laughs> you know once once you gavel in the session the the governor of Kentucky, Republican or Democrat, just that they, they don't they don't matter because the uh, uh, the General Assembly has has, over, has veto power. And you know, we have we have an overwhelming uh, Republican majority in both chambers. So you know, I, I didn't I didn't pay that much attention to to what Bashir was saying. Uh, Nick, I, I know you watched it. Did you have any highlights you wanted to share? Oh, you know, I mean, I think. It was interesting. He, he sort of painted a picture and, you know, used it for, for what the speech really is. It's a chance to talk to Kentuckians that aren't like you and I, Trey, who, uh, who you know, just kind of want to get an update on where the state's been and where we're going in the, in the new year. Um, he said he didn't want to draw the state to the left or to the right. He wanted to continue down a path forward. Which I did see that. That's, you know, he's... He's a very partisan governor. <laughs> it's, it, I, I always say he's, he's like... Uh, He's like uh, he's Matt Bevan in a uh, 
Mr. Rogers mask. <laughs> you know, it is interesting though. I mean, for, for a purely political you know, purposes here, you get a chance to talk to average Kentuckians that aren't in the weeds all the time. And I think, you know, for this speech, you probably hit the marks he needed to. It's, but but honestly, then, Nick, how many people actually, how many people that aren't in the weeds all the time actually watch this thing? Well, that's a, that's a good point. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, but at the, you know, at the same token, how many people are paying attention to redistricting or, or you know, mo- most of what we <laughs> dive into. That, that is true. Yeah, you know, which, you know, maybe that's that's the the, the shame of it. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he did what he needed to do. He rah, rah, go team. And, uh, you know, now we'll, We'll get to next week and put out a budget proposal, which, uh, unlike in years past, that probably won't make much of a of a difference. Uh, once that budget proposal hits, the legislature will do whatever they want to do, and you know, we sure will be on record asking for them to do something different, uh, knowing that that's likely not going to happen. Yes, it is. Uh, it is unlikely to go far. <laughs> um, in uh, in national news, Nick, I, you know, and this is not something I particularly care to to dive deep into today for reasons I'll get into. But uh, you know, today is the the one year anniversary of of uh, the January sixth. Uh, uh, people call it called insurrection. I, I prefer the term sacking of the Capitol. You know, these these people were never going to insurrect anything, but they did go in and 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 pillage. So you know, I prefer the term sacking of the Capitol. Um, it. Man, I, I have a real I, it just it gives me an icky feeling watching the way that it's being covered today, Nick. Cause it 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 dude, last I checked, we don't have like a uh, it's not like a national holiday the day that the Civil War began or ended. Like this is not the sort of thing that in America we we have ceremony and pomp and circumstance for. And they're treating it. Democrats in Washington are treating it as if it's, you know, CNN's got like I saw described today as like a, like a Super Bowl halftime show set. Uh, in, in the rotunda, Biden and Harris both gave big speeches today. Like, I, I just I don't understand the way that they're handling this anniversary. It, it, the, the only prism to me that it makes sense in is that they're politicizing it, which they swore that they're no, this is all January 6th commission. All this is about getting to the truth and protecting mm-hmm. our democracy. It doesn't appear that way. It appears like you're politicizing it. Well, look, I and I agree with you. I'm, I think Democrats are politicizing the issue, but I also believe that you know, uh, we're doomed to repeat history if, if we don't acknowledge it and study it and, and, and know what it is. And I think that there's a place and a, and a time perhaps to, to say and, and reflect back one year later, where have we changed, uh, you know, uh, as a country from where we were at a year ago when, you know, a group of people, uh, some of which with terrible intentions to stop a vote, to kill the vice president and to kill sitting members of Congress and certainly did sack uh, the Capitol. It was a terrible day in American history. And I think you know, we should acknowledge it and, and make sure it doesn't ever happen again. And some of the way that we do that is by talking about it. But, you know, I agree, you can cross that line and it becomes politic and you can probably incite more of the same. Uh, by yeah, I, that line. I'm worried about them turning, uh, inciting people who are already, you know, still refusing to, to believe. I, I'm worried about them inciting those people by turning turning the people who have gone to jail or, or the, or the Babbitt woman t- turning them into in, in the view of idiots in, in the martyrs and, and overemphasizing it. And I, I feel like they, they, they likely are egging on whether intentional or not, they likely are egging on more action from 
from these people. I just, I, and, and listen, nobody's been, been harsher on the president or on these people on January 6th. than I have, I mean, I've, I've paid a, you know, at least some level of professional cost for speaking out on it. And I'm, but I'm happy to do it because it's, it's the right thing to do is to speak out on it. But that doesn't mean that I also have to like, you know, have some sort of weird ceremony to commemorate the day. I, it just, I, it just, it gives me an icky feeling watching the way that they're presenting it today. Sure. Sure. And, you know, I think what's interesting too, is we saw a comment from uh, uh, Senate uh, Minority Leader Mitch McConnell today, uh, recognizing- Please, the- please, Nick, Republican leader. Is the Republican. That's what we prefer. <laughs> <laughs> Unless he controls the majority, then it's majority. Yeah, then he's majority leader. Otherwise he's a Republican leader. <laughs> So, you know, no, he, the no, nomenclature is important here, Nick. Exactly. Well, he, <laughs> you know, he also did call it a disgraceful scene, uh, you know, and, and also reflected one year later and said, grateful for the brave men and women uh, protecting the Capitol, uh, but also said the same thing you're saying. It's stunning to see some in Washington, those Democrats trying to exploit this anniversary along partisan lines and for their own goals, and that we should unite. What I think is interesting in his comment and commentary too is the uh, not putting into that comment anything about President Trump. Um, you know, it's all Democrats are bad, reflecting on the day, those that protected uh, sitting lawmakers uh, and protected the building, but nothing really about uh, all the other circumstances surrounding that. So I think it's, you know, I think it's interesting. I would expect that type of a comment from Leader McConnell, but. Uh, uh, I think it is. I think it is interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I think a, a more useful, uh, a, a more beneficial use of congressional power on this, since they you know, control things that happen in the District of Columbia, is hey, create create a, a holiday or or something to to honor and, and commemorate the Capitol Police. Like to me, that that if you, if you want if you want to create some sort of ceremony or or, or pomp and circumstance around today, turn turn it into some sort of permanent day to to remember and, and, and thank the efforts, not just January 6th, but all the time of, of, of Capitol police, the people who guard members of Congress, uh, leadership and, and the Capitol itself, you know, to me that that's all right. Now, now you got something that achieves the purpose of reminding people what happened while doing it in a more, uh, you know, more bipartisan, uninflammatory un- way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I, me as an American, not being a, a journalist in, in that moment watching i was still working for the u.s department of justice i was staying in my living room yeah where were you why aren't you up there arresting people damn it nick <laughs> well, you know I'm, I, I was i was watching that moment i could not believe uh that um you know the powers that be decided to let them take the building yeah uh, I, you know i've never thought in my wildest dreams that uh, that, that 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 would happen and uh, uh I, I hope uh, moving forward from now that you know if anything ever like that ever transpires again, it's met you know, uh, with fierce opposition from the from the government not to give up you know, government buildings um, and let you know and and perhaps risk the lives of our elected leaders. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's let's get off the news and get to what uh, what will probably be what most people want to hear, which is uh, talk about the maps. Uh, Obviously, maps are out. They haven't passed yet. Uh, I don't see much likelihood that they'll change a ton. So, you know, what we're looking at is more than likely going to be the the final uh, the final versions. Uh, I guess let's start with the with the quickest one, which is congressional. Uh, you know, the big the big news there obviously is uh, the change to the first district in the sixth district. 
uh, first district going now encompassing Franklin County, kind of continuing the work began by Democrats in 92 to put this weird tail on it and uh and loop it up and every every 10 years it seems the tail seems to get a little bit longer and before long it will, the first district will end up in kenton county or something um you know <laughs> I, I, I i'm sorry this one is uh you know like we, why they don't really need to gerrymander congressional districts to, to hold them uh you know republicans have a, a stranglehold on five of the six seats i'm sure they could have carved up jefferson county but you know this one both protects uh, bar and allows uh, Congressman Comer to uh, keep his home in Frankfurt and spend more time in Frankfurt while still representing, uh, you know, counties 300 miles away. What What entertains me is the reaction of both the press and liberals on Twitter yesterday was, oh, I can't believe Andy Barr did this. <laughs> it's like, really? You think that this change is made for Barr? <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Well, yeah, I'm paying attention. All right, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is interesting, and you know, we you and I have had this discussion, of, you know, numerous times. I think we, uh, you know, talked about it and, and figured out like how how could you make changes to congressional maps? Uh, and you know, if if I'm uh, the Republican Party and want to protect incumbent Republicans and ensure that I hold district. I would put more Republican precincts inside the six congressional districts, not just for Barr, but for any Republican, and ensure yeah. that one stays solid and not risk that district by trying to be too cute by half and start to play with the third district and, and screw over Democrats somewhere there. I mean, we know that that urban area is heavily Democratic, and sure, Republicans could steal it for, uh, you know, 10 years or four years, you know, something like that, uh, a couple terms. Um, but eventually the number is going to catch back up and that the third district will always likely be represented by Democrats uh, as long as the you know, voting trends continue in the, the way that they are. Uh, so, you know, I fully expected that the six would get more Republican, but I did not expect, you know, Franklin County to be in the first district. Uh, you know, that, that to me is, is pretty wild, but I, you know, I would presume that this map stands and this yeah it'll it'll hold and and i I, you know i've said all along i prefer five sure thing republican districts to four sure thing one that leans kind of you know one one that's kind of purple and one that's that's lean republican i you know i'll take i'll take the five sure things over the over the four sure and and two leans yeah the the one the one note before we move on from the congressional map that i did want to note that i i found amusing is the splitting of nelson county where they put uh a uh, noted podcast favorite Don Thrasher into the uh, into the fourth congressional district. Uh, <laughs> get out of break up resisting. I, I guess Nick, before, before we do leave uh, 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 congressional redistricting, you know, one filing of note: uh, uh, Lee Watts, Rev, proclaimed Reverend Lee Watts is uh, is uh, has filed a run against Brett Guthrie, and I actually texted Scott Jennings the other day and said, "Oh, lucky you get to rip apart Lee Watts." I wish, I wish I got to have you get to have all the fun, Scott. Well, somebody's got to got to have some some fun here. I, you know, the the guys that are in these these roles now uh, will will likely be in those roles uh, you know, after November of twenty two. Um, I, I think primaries will be interesting just to see how you know how Trumpian we get uh, from from some of the right, how much opposition there is, which you know 
uh, could be interesting ahead of the gubernatorial election and, you know, kind of be a benchmark for what the state looks like uh, a year out from the governor's election. But uh, so beyond that, I think that those guys uh, will end up holding those districts. And then, uh, the you know, the most of the entertainment uh, will come from the, the third uh, third congressional district primary between Attica and uh, Morgan McGarvey. Yeah. And I mean, unless, you know, I'm looking at the Republicans who filed so far, Daniel Cobble, Mike Craven, Justin Gregory, Darian D. Berrios Moreno. I, there's none of those people are beating Morgan McGarvey if he makes it to the primary. No, no. And uh, I, I'd imagine that you know that he has a you know that's a, a Democratic district. And and and, Mor- and Morgan raised a ton of money. He raised like one point three or or, or seven hundred fifty thousand rather for you know in in a couple of months. That's that's a big number for a for a first time congressional candidate in, in an open seat race. It is, you know, I think what's also fascinating there is, is Attica, you know, like from uh, an establishment democratic uh, operatives that I've talked to, Attica is probably the most hated person in democratic politics behind the scenes, but out in public, it's not, it's not so. I don't know that the general public knows that, uh, you know, she's, she's pretty unliked amongst Democrats for, for challenging armaments and for yeah, talking I mean- about yeah, there's been a couple of public cracks in, in the in the armor there, like uh, uh, Brianna Taylor's mom right. you know, saying that she would, would support her. But, yeah, I think you're right. You know, I think people in the public don't know that majority of the folks behind the scenes are not, you know, the, the, the Democrat yeah. people are not are not lining up behind her. So it, well, you know, what could really be interesting? And I think that, you know, Morgan's got the advantage here. But what could be interesting is if, uh, you know, and I don't think Charles Booker would ever endorse, but if she is adequately able to tap into some of the Booker support around Jefferson County, uh, and then you know bring in like the, you know some of the rumors say that she will bring in an AOC or somebody you know the squad on the left uh, and and tie herself to those folks, if she could really get the activist circle excited around her, uh, I, I think that gets you national money. It doesn't get you local support. Yeah. Now, so, so we'll, we'll see. Anyway, we've already spent enough time talking about races that aren't going to be even close in in the fall. <laughs> Let's uh, you want to start with the House or the Senate, Nick? Uh, your, your pick. Whatever we'll start. You we'll start with the Senate. There's less seats. So we can start there. Um, you know, the big changes here, obviously, are going to be are going uh, to be in, in uh, Fay in County. Uh, yeah, Jefferson County, the, the changes weren't. I, I thought there might be some larger changes. I thought Karen Berg's district might be changed considerably more than it was. Um, you know, the, the changes, with, with the exception of that, of the Shelby County seat that we'll get to, the you know, changes Jefferson County didn't. It, it surprised me by not surprising me. You know, that, that it wasn't, it wasn't a, t- a total overhaul like it could have been. Right, right. You know, it, I think the, you know, the districts, uh, in inside Jefferson County, I'm pulling mine up now to take a, a closer look at it. And this is the this is the hard part about about breaking down some of these maps. We get the county level data from the from the state and from the bill filings, but what really makes a difference in urban areas, uh, especially, is where the the city lines are at. And it's it's just hard to tell from some of this uh, the the level of, of data that we're we're able to get uh, from the from the general public perspective. Um, you know, Julie Rocky Adams district, uh, it, it changed uh, in, in this latest map. 
Um, and it looks like it's going to make her uh, would probably gather up more of the eastern uh, eastern portion of the state, those Republican suburbs. You know, probably, I don't know that she was ever really uh, in in jeopardy, but uh, she will definitely uh, hold on in this in this version of the map. Um, I, what I thought was interesting too is like a lot of the Democratic maps are are drawn per, pretty favorably uh, for for Democrats in these districts. You've got Morgan McGarvey's district looks a whole lot, it's the 19th district, it looks a whole lot like it used to. Uh, Senator Denise Harper Angel's district looks a lot like it used to. Uh, you've got uh, Gerald Neal, who's going to carry more of that fringe along the Ohio River. Uh, but, but, you know, just to make a little bit of space for this 37th, uh, which, which comes over uh, and up, but uh, by and large, I mean, these, these districts, uh, protect the incumbent Democrats uh, that are there. Uh, and then you do have sort of that sliver uh, of that southeastern portion of Jefferson County uh, that's that's now in the new 7th seventh uh, District. Yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, they made a point during committee yesterday of talking about, you know, they, to probably a, a historic level, involved uh, minority input on, on the maps, uh, you know, that they, they let them, they let them have some input rather than the traditional, just, you get what you get <laughs> style, which honestly, you know, you can do that when you got 29 members and yeah, out of 38, <laughs> you can, you can afford to afford to let the others talk. Uh, so that's kind of a look at Louisville. Let's, let's, let's go. We'll just kind of go in numeric order as best we can. Um, you know, the, I've got, I've got the old map and the new map pulled up first district, uh, changed a little bit, had, uh, Crittenden County added in. Other than that, it's not worth changes aren't worth talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, it's the second district, uh, the the change there was the fourth district had Livingston County taken that Livingston Critton taken out of it, and uh, Livingston put in the second district. So very very little functional change there. Um, you know, the, for your first larger change, uh, you get to the third district. Whitney Westerfield. Uh, he used to have Critton and Todd and Logan now, or sorry, Christian Todd and Logan now has. Mm-hmm. Christian, uh, Muhlenberg and Caldwell, uh, you know, no real effect on elections there. Uh, Whitney's from Christian County and, you know, it will be a lot more apparent as we get to the house maps. The biggest thing to talk about when you're talking about redistricting is what's the biggest County in the district and does the incumbent live there? Because a lot of these, a lot of these elections still have very geographical and territorial, uh, issues. And, and, you know, somebody, if, if you're in a, a district that's, you know, two big counties, a small county, you're the big county. You don't want your representative being from a county that makes up 15% of the other district. You, know, you want your guy being your guy and he, so he can look out for, look out for your county. Uh, you know, so that, that it's a lot more in house races, but we'll talk about it a little bit in state Senate races, I'm sure. Uh, but, you know, so largely we'll talk about what, what the largest county in the, in the district is. Uh, and then the third it's Christian. And so you kind of just had the, the wings changed, on that one, uh, the fourth district, uh, uh, it's uh, Robbie Mills changed a little bit. Uh, got rid of actually got rid of Livingston Crittenden, uh, and uh, uh, and called or, and Caldwell and uh, kept Union Webster Henderson where uh, where Robbie's from and picked up Hopkins, which is you know a, a larger county. Uh, so he he he's shrinking numbers of counties a little bit. Uh, eighth district totally the same. Uh, now it's where you start to get into to some some bigger changes. The sixth district is is gone, uh, pretty much. That was the district of CB Embry. Right. Um, Jefferson County. 
Yeah, and and you know, CB uh, is is uh, having a real battle with cancer. Our 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 thoughts got to CB. He's not going to be running again. But that gave that uh, the Senate some room to be able to play around with some counties and, and some space to carve up. So you know, the sixth district used to be Hopkins, Muhlenberg, Butler, and uh, and Ohio. We've already talked about Hopkins and Muhlenberg being in other counties. Uh, the fifth district, which is uh, Steve Meredith, used to be. Uh, this kind of loop around Hardin County, Meade, Breckenridge, Grayson, Edmondson, Hart, LaRue. It's now uh, centered in Grayson with uh, Meade, Breckenridge, Ohio, and Butler in it. Uh, so that kind of accounts for the rest of, of CB Embry's district. Uh, so instead of going instead of going west, uh, or instead of going east, rather, now uh, CB Meredith's district goes west. Uh, the 32nd, which is Mike Wilson, used to have all of Warren County. Warren County has grown big enough that it, you're going to have to split Warren County. And one thing you'll see both in the Senate and House maps, you know, there's there's a prohibition, at least in theory, on splitting counties that have big enough population to be their own districts. But once you once you once you can have to split it once, you're kind of it's Katie bar the door. You can split it, split it, split as many times as you want. And, and they usually they usually do. Usually yeah. if you split one county, you're you're going. I mean, we'll, we'll we'll talk about Laurel County. I think they have seven members in it. Yeah. So uh, the 32nd used to just be all of Warren. Uh, it, it is now uh, parts of, of Whitney Westfield's former district, uh, Todd and Logan, and then Simpson County taken out of uh, David Givens district and, and put over into the 32nd. And then kind of the Southern third of Warren County uh, it is now uh, Mike Wilson's district. Uh, Warren County also gets uh, a new center in David Givens uh, who lives over in, in Greene County. Um, and Givens' district uh, used to be uh, a kind of a whole south-central Kentucky run uh, with, with Green going south to Metcalf, Barron, Monroe, Allen, Simpson. Now, instead of that, he kind of goes north along Warren County with Green, Barron, uh, Hart, Edmondson, and uh, a large chunk of Warren. Uh, you know, this, this is one of those districts, uh, Nick, where the, the, the population center of that district is – uh, I'd have to see how much the population is in Warren, but the biggest county he's got all of is Barron. Uh, yet, right. yet he's right. from one of the smaller counties in Green. Uh, I think Warren is over 135, 136,000 in the latest census. Your ideal Senate district is something like 118,500 yeah. and some odd 514 uh, people, I think. Yeah. So given, given's kind of, instead of going south around Warren, goes north and kind of into it. <laughs> Uh, and then the rest of Warren uh, gets a, a, an interestingly drawn district <laughs> that uh, now has Max Wise. You know, Max used to kind of go southeast uh, from, from Taylor. Max lives in Taylor and uh, used to go southeast down all the way, stretching all the way to, to McCreary County along the, the Tennessee border. Now instead, Max goes the opposite direction and goes west, uh, has Taylor, Adair, uh, which he had before, and, and then switches over in, in a Metcalf, Monroe, Allen, and uh, the last third of Warren County. So, uh, you know, like we said, it kind of just switches direction instead of headed East. Now Max heads West. Right. Right. Uh, Hardin County is unchanged. It's still just one district, uh, which will be an open seat with Dennis Parrott, uh, retiring, uh, the 38th, uh, Bullock County, uh, is pretty much the same. I, I think it, it may, might've grown a little bit into Jefferson, but it's, it's still all a bullet and a, a small swath of Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, a little bit there uh, into into Jefferson, but not not substantially. 
Yeah. The, uh, the 14th, uh, Jimmy Higdon used to be Nelson, uh, Spencer, Nelson, Marion, and Casey. It gets a little bit more compact, a little bit more, more whole uh, and contiguous. Now it's, it's uh, Nelson, Marion, which is where uh, Jimmy's from, uh, Washington, LaRue, and Spencer. Again, this is one of those deals where uh, Marion's a smaller county than Nelson, but Jimmy still represents it. Uh, but he, he's, he's been there for, for a while. I shouldn't have any problems in, in a race like that, even in a primary. Uh, let's see here. The 15th used to be Ola Pulaski, Lincoln, and Boyle. Uh, and that district now goes south and southwest and gets those counties that Max Wise gave up. It's now Pulaski over to Wayne, Russell, Clinton, and Cumberland. Uh, you know, again, a lot of these districts, they're, they're significant changes in some cases as far as the counties, but as far as what the likely outcome of elections are going to be, eh, probably not much. Yeah, the, the probably caveat on that one could be that 7th district. Uh, yeah, well, and we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, that's that's probably the most interesting change outside of outside of Lexington, maybe. Um, kind of run through here, looking at what what we've missed the twenty the twenty first, which used to be this weird lanky district, uh, kind of going north south, Bath, Menifee, Powell, Estill, Jackson, and all of Laurel. Uh, again, gets a little bit more compact. Uh, it, it's now Laurel and heads east instead of north uh, from, from Laurel. Now it's Laurel, Rock Castle, Lincoln, and Casey. Uh, the thirty fourth, uh, we'll we'll hold the, the, these these Lexington adjacent districts. That'll that'll be an interesting one to talk about. Twenty uh, fifth uh, is uh, obviously uh, President Stivers. It uh, again, it used to be an, a, a full north south. It gets a little bit more. It's still kind of north south, but it's a little bit more squat now. Used to be Wolf, Lee, Owsley, Clay, uh, Knox, and Whitley. And now is uh, Jackson, Owsley, Clay, Knox, uh, Whitley, and McCreary. So gets a little bit shorter and a little bit of a of a westerly westerly uh, bend to it. Uh, the 29th, actually 29th. I, 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 I didn't actually look at this one yet. 29th uh, is uh, Johnny Turner, not that Johnny Turner, this Johnny Turner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> goes goes from having Floyd uh, not Letcher and Harlan to Floyd not Letcher Harlan and Bell, which I'm sure Brandon Smith hated to give up Bell County. That's one he and I worked really hard on his special election back in 07. I know the local elected officials there are, are really tight with Brandon. I'm sure they uh, they'll be disappointed to lose Brandon as their senator. But those districts over there have to get bigger. You got to go somewhere with it. So, uh, you know that was. That's, pretty much the only way when you look at the map that you could go is probably to add bell and then brandon's district gets a larger kind of in the middle around all that uh he goes from having just bell leslie perry breathitt mcgoffin and johnson now he's got uh perry leslie breathitt mcgoffin morgan wolf lee estel and pal i think brandon wins the award for most counties in one district um 31st pike county stays pretty much the same except uh, morgan county gets taken out and put into Brandon's district and uh, Johnson, uh, uh, sorry, Morgan County. Yeah. Morgan, Morgan County gets put into Brandon's district and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, Johnson County gets uh, put in Brandon's as well. So lose two counties there. That got uh, kind of that pike. Sorry, Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. I'm confusing myself. Johnson gets put into the 31st. Sorry. That's where you make up the population. Uh, kind of all that, that, Horn of Kentucky down there, the 18th. Uh, just add Lewis County in and take, uh, yeah, just add Lewis County in. That's not change the 18th, 27th. Uh, lost Lewis and it looks like kept everything else. Yeah. Uh, 
And then that's kind of the outliers. Now let's think, let's talk about the more, the more interesting ones. Yeah. We'll start with uh, Northern Kentucky. You know, previously Northern Kentucky, Boone County was all one district. Uh, and uh, in the 11th, <coughs> excuse me. And then uh, the 23rd kind of up in the Northern part of Kenton County, uh, 17th, which is Damon Thayer, uh, had Kenton and Grant and all of Scott. And then uh, Will Schroeder's district, 24th, uh, all of Campbell, Pendleton, and Bracken. The 24th stays the same, right. uh, but some significant changes uh, elsewhere. The, the 20th, which was Paul Hornback, was uh, Shelby, Henry, Trimble, Carroll, uh, loses Shelby and Henry, and uh, I, it, I guess you can call it a southern Boone-based county now where, where the population has grown and uh, kind of stretches from southern Boone down to Franklin. Uh, you know, So it splits Boone in two. Right. Uh, and, and creates a new district that, that'll be Southern Boone, Gallatin, Carroll, Owen, all the way down to Franklin County. Yes. And the, the, the kind of partner to that is Adrian Southworth's district, mm-hmm. uh, which which was uh, Gallatin, Owen, Franklin, Woodford, and Anderson, uh, Anderson being where Southworth lives, uh, now moves and gets cut, put in with Shelby and Henry. And of course, in, in Shelby County, you have Aaron Reed, who had announced to run for the open Paul Hornback seat, has raised like a hundred thousand uh, dollars. A that seat gets gets uh, pushed back because it's you know it's an odd numbered odd numbered seat. It'll be up for election two years from now, not this year. Uh, but also puts uh, you know Adrian Southworth in with somebody who I think you'd consider a a, a political ally of hers in, in Aaron Reed. So kind of you know creates a interesting dynamic there. Kind of two people who could have been thorns inside thorns inside of leadership all squashed into one district together exactly I, I saw aaron reed on the on the video when they were in uh in uh yeah he was there yesterday he's watching on he's he's promised to move forward and uh you know do whatever it takes so i don't know if that means he's going to bring a legal challenge or if he's just going to run in the in the new district in a, in a couple of years or what he decides to do there but it'd be fascinating to see how that plays out the other interesting piece here is the uh, they could have done a number swap Right. And they, yes. The Senate chose not to do that, which uh, left Southworth in her district. It allows her to keep her number and not run immediately for reelection. But now it does create a vacant seat, an open seat uh, in that in that new 20th district uh, that they that they formed. So we'll, somebody will end up running for that one. Yeah. And, you know, it. <laughs> one one thing that I don't know, uh, you kind of brought up Aaron. We talking about uh, kind of saber rattling about maybe a lawsuit, maybe you know, not entirely sure what he's talking about there. Um, you know, uh, Andrew Cooper, writer, who we'll get to in a moment, he's kind of said something similar down in Lexington. So you know, I don't know what they have up their sleeves. I mean, there's not much that they can do. I, there's the lines, the, the rules in which you can overturn a map are pretty much just racial. Right. issues like there's that you can't just overturn a map because i don't like it or the districts aren't contiguous or they don't make sense there's too much like none of those are a reason to overturn a map there are some justice department related uh majority minority district type issues that that you can and and, and minority cluster population issues that you could you can sue over it doesn't appear i've heard rumblings and maybe when we get to the house there may be an issue the 77th I, I i can't verify that i've heard some some from rumblings here in lexington um but you know by and large doesn't look like either of these maps have any viable grounds to overturn uh right. 
and, and one thing to remember too is these people have raised money for these house races or for Senate races. It's not like they can take this money and pivot it into a house race. They would have yeah. to refund it all or don't. Remember, the three, three things you can do with the campaign fund is you can refund it to donors prorated. Uh, you can donate it to a charity or you can donate to a party. Uh, these people, I 100% were guaranteed, guarantee you're not going to donate it to the Republican Party of Kentucky or the local party. So uh, I would assume that they'll probably uh, prorate it back or, or find a charity to give it to. And, and, and that all that all makes sense. Uh, you know, you can also get into trouble. There is a, a, a constitutional provision that you're supposed to chop up as few counties as possible, which you mentioned before. This map, you know, constitutional as far as, as we can tell for the, the, the number of counties that you're, you end up splitting. Uh, I think that there's a, a, a certain number in there. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head, maybe 26 that you, you end up having to split because of the population cores and this may split one more than that so. and, and, I, and i'd say this because of the way that they've split uh places like fayette and warren and boone and kenton um they probably are on are far under the, the the number of counties they could have split they could have split a lot more because they could have been splitting smaller counties in some areas uh but instead they chose to split up bigger counties which creates more contiguous uh, uh representation uh more whole representation in in the outlying counties right right and let's pause for a moment and remember that the maps as they're currently drawn are gerrymandered maps that were drawn by Democrats that Republicans... Well, the Senate was drawn by Republicans. Right. Well, the Senate was drawn by Republicans. The House map and the uh, was, was drawn yeah. by, by Democrats when we get there. And, uh, you know, Republicans don't really need to gerrymander districts here. And, and I'll say this, as, as we talk about Aaron Reed and, and uh, uh, Andrew Cooper, I think this is an important place to bring up something that I've mentioned on the podcast multiple times in previous weeks, which is if you know redistricting is coming up and you are not the favorite of the leadership of your of whatever party is going to be drawing the lines, don't declare, don't announce yourself, don't give them a chance to draw you out of the district. And, you know, as we talk about Lexington next, you know, there's there's three people who found themselves drawn out of a district, <laughs> only one left standing. Like, don't don't declare, just, just <laughs> stay quiet. <laughs> It is, it is funny, you know, the both from a, a perspective of making sure that, and I think it's more obvious in the House maps than the Senate maps, but um, uh, certainly we're going to see it here in Fayette County when we look at Fayette County here in a minute. Um, but, uh, you know, in some of these House maps, you've got people drawn out by a block yeah. uh, or previous Democrats, uh, you know, that had had uh, filed against uh, somebody like, yeah, no, we, you know, we're just going to avoid that challenge this time. Here we go. Um, and so, you know, when you, when you pop up and say, I'm looking at it, you think I'm, I'm going to run and you file your paperwork. That's exactly what these guys were looking for. They want to know, okay, how do we craft these districts both so that our guys win and it's the Republican party that, you know, that, that we want to see. Uh, that's certainly the, the way that they've drawn the map here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, let's talk about Lexington. Uh, it's let me let me count the difference here because I've got the old map and the new map both pulled up. Uh, let's see here. Fayette County before had one, two, three, four, five had five senators who had some part of Fayette County previously. You now have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven that had part of Fayette County. So get split up. There was still uh, there was previously two all Fayette County state senators there's, there's now only one the 13th uh, reggie thomas it grew a little bit in the middle i actually got moved into the 13th 
I texted Damon Thayer this morning. Very disappointed that I was pre- previously in a Democrat a Democrat House and a Republican Senate district. Uh, I'm now I got put in in an open what will be a new seat, which will probably go Republican uh, in the House. So I was excited to have Republican Republican, but nope, got taken out and put in Reggie Thomas's district. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, so Reggie's district got a little bit bigger. It's pretty much all of downtown Lexington. Uh, the previous map was very oddly gerrymandered uh, to kind of get some minority population out around the uh uh like the yellowstone parkway area and that, and that that you know some uh low lower lower to, to middle lower income uh neighborhoods uh looped into it it's it's a lot more compact it looks looks a lot more kind of logically drawn now uh but as part of that you had the 12th district which used to be all of fayette county or it used to be all all in fayette county rather uh, again, looks like a weird gerrymandered thing. It's got this odd part snaking up between the 13th and the 34th. Uh, like a whale tail coming off. Yeah, the- yeah. The, the, it is now completely redrawn. The 12th <laughs> district now has uh, a kind of a, a, a bottom corner of Fayette County that you're going to get like the, if you're familiar with Fayette County, it's got like the Palomar area in it. Um, and then goes out to Woodford County, Mercer, and on down to Boyle. So uh, completely uh redrawn district going out of Fayette County and, and and over to Woodford. Um, you know, the good news on that, I believe that part does, I believe that has Keeneland in it. So you now have Keeneland in a Senate district with Woodford, which from you know representation of the horse industry standpoint, uh, uh makes some sense. Uh, but that is the district where uh Amanda Mays Bledsoe, Lexington City Councilwoman, has declared uh Ross Mann, Lexington lawyers declares a Republican. Um, Andrew Cooper writers declared as Republican and you have Paula Seitzer. Yeah. Kissing as a Democrat. Uh, there's only one of those people left in that district, Nick. <laughs> it, it is a man amazed blood. So, and unlike the congressional map, uh, for, for state house and state Senate districts, you, you have to live in the district and it's too late to re-register to change an address or something. So, uh, man amazed blood. So is the last candidate standing in that, <laughs> that map drawing process. Uh, <laughs> it is so interesting and that seat was held what uh, 20 years 23 years by alice Borgie kerr yep yep uh and, and i mean it's it's not that seat anymore it's 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 co- totally completely changed and if you look at the map it's, if you look at the map there's actually very little of the 12th still in the 12th because uh the 22nd mm-hmm. has always come up a little bit into fayette county uh and the part of the 22nd that, that was in fayette county uh is now in the 12th Large split to the 12th and 17th upper lip of the 22nd. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a total, a total change there. Uh, also now coming down from Scott County, uh, Damon Thayer gets some horse farm territory in, uh, it, in, in, uh, far Western Fayette County. So I'm sure Damon will be excited to go tour the new horse farms in his district. Um, the 27th, uh, Steve West district now dips down, I think Steve West did have this is another one, you know, when you, when you look at the map, the theme of the map is everything got shifted West uh, because, because the East had to get bigger. So, you know, it makes sense logically when you think about it, that all these districts that used to go, used to run North South or used to go from a population center and, and run East. They are now all running West because the, because the Eastern count the Eastern districts had to get larger. So Steve West used to have, I think he used to have the Brandon Smith title of, of a uh, largest uh most counties, uh, Harrison, Bourbon, Nicholas, Robertson, Mason, Fleming, Rowan, and Lewis. 
Uh, Steve West lost Lewis, but now gets a chunk of of uh, a Fayette County. And then Ralph Alvarado's district uh, also moves. Uh, I think he got a little bit less of Fayette County now. I used to have a, he used to have a lot of the northern part. And so some of Ralph's district went to Thayer. Some of Ralph's district goes to Steve West. And, and Ralph is the one that goes a little bit further east. Uh, he goes from being just Fayette Clark Montgomery to a Fayette uh, Clark Montgomery uh, Bath and Menifee. So uh, runs a little bit for that way. And then the, the last one to look at is Madison County, where uh, it, it looks to me like <clears throat> that the the map. If you look at the map, it looks like uh, Jared Carpenter got a little bit less territory in Fayette County, but I think population wise, he probably increased uh, just based on knowing, knowing where the where the the bodies actually are on the map. I, I think that Jared probably actually increased increased population while decreasing square acreage uh in in fade um yeah so i I think the overall theme of the the senate map is uh is moving from the population centers going east to population centers going west and uh you know then uh carving up fake county i I think that and then the adrian southworth situation i think those are the the most notable changes in the map anything any other kind of fifty thousand foot thoughts you have on the senate map nick no, those were the, the big ones, you know, what initially, uh, you know, when this was rolled out by Senate President Stivers, you know, they were, they were very proud that they didn't put any incumbents uh, together in, in their version of the maps. Uh, but yeah, and, and, that, and that is notable because, you know, there's definitely some areas they could have they could have accomplished that. Certainly, certainly. And, you know, the with like the, I, I, I for I for one thought they'd take Julie Adams like all the way out into Oldham to get her a, a lot more Republican district. You know, Julie, Julie has proven herself very capable of winning elections in in Jefferson County. So I'm, I have to assume leadership felt comfortable with with keeping her there in order to you know keep some semblance of peace uh, with with the Democrats. Yeah, yeah. So it, you know, by and large, I think the you know they they use their retirements uh, in, in an interesting and smart way to create a couple of, uh, uh, of new vacant open districts uh, and we're able to move the, the map around and accommodate a growing Kentucky, which is you know, really what we, what we want. We're, we're up in growth and uh, you know, as these urban areas grow and rural counties lose, you're gonna see big geographic areas like we saw out in East Kentucky. Uh, and then you know, carving up urban populations like, like Fayette, in Northern Kentucky and uh, and a little bit more into, into Jefferson and some of those uh, Republican precincts on the eastern and uh, southern portions of, of Jefferson County. So um, by and large, it looks a little bit different than what I was expecting, but uh, uh, I think they've managed to you know, work within the variable set that they were given and probably have a, an outcome that's pretty palatable to Democrats here. And I, I would assume the end result come November is probably going to be a Republican plus one uh, uh, change potentially Republican plus two, uh, but those have nothing to do with redistricting. That has to do with the retirement of Dennis Parrott. And, and you have to remember, Karen Berg won that uh, won that open seat special election that was held during the McGrath Booker primary. And you know, I caught some flack from from leadership in the Senate because I said on KET the night before that I thought Karen Berg was going to win that election, and it had nothing to do with Karen Berg. It had to do with Republicans had no reason to show up to vote in that primary, and Democrats are going to vote in large majorities to pick their nominee against Mitch McConnell. Uh, you know, put put Karen Berg 
up in an election against a, really any Republican in that district in a regular election with a regular Republican turnout, she's going to lose that election. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think Republicans will are, are more likely than not to bump the numbers up to an incredible 31 uh, come come November. Right. So uh, a fun, uh, a fun uh, series of elections to watch. I'll be anxious to, to cover those uh, open seats as well. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's talk about the house map. I guess again, Nick, you know, my, I have very little. You know, when you when you run campaigns in Kentucky, it, it's funny. I, I've always living in Lexington. I've always basically said I take the approach of I'll I'll run 119 counties. I'll go find somebody to do Jefferson for me because I, I I don't understand the geography. I don't know it. I don't have the time or the bandwidth to to learn it. Um, so I just, you know, I, I'm flying a little bit blind when talking about the maps in Jefferson County. Um, you know, I'll kick it to you in a second. You know, what I will say is that the House did do what I did saying. I started saying when we took the majority in 16, when you redraw the maps, go get the go get the NAACP and have them help you draw them. Because uh, they nationally, the most successful entity for overturning uh, state ledge or congressional maps has always been the NAACP. So, you know, if you get some buy-in from them, uh, it, it, it helps helps with the potential uh, uh, legal battles ahead. Uh, it, according to the press conference, when they rolled the maps out, it seems like they did that. Uh, but Nick, what are, your, what are your thoughts on what they've done here with the, uh, with the house map? It's interesting. I'm, I'm having a little bit of a hard time on my, my laptop going both of the house and uh, the current house and the, the former house maps uh, to, together uh, at, at the same time. But uh, you know, the, as I was saying before, the districts in Jefferson County specifically are pretty gerrymandered um, to help uh, Democrats win. Uh, you see, uh, you know, kind of big snaking districts in the yeah, southern. The, the without knowing geography, the districts look like they make a lot more sense on the new map. Like they're not, they're 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 more compact. They they are certainly more compact. It's not a constitutional requirement. Is not making a a, a county compact. Uh, you know, as you said before, you have to take sort of weigh into consideration both Kentucky Constitution about the number of counties split, and you also have to weigh in, you know, like the 14th Amendment uh, and, and ensure that uh, you're not disparaging any voting rights in minority districts. This map creates some minority districts, but that's not uh, a necessity. Uh, but you are going to have incumbent versus incumbent. There's two pairs of Democrats and uh, two pairs of Republicans. Which are yeah, let, let's let's talk about the, the 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 Democrats real quick. You know, Joni, I think the, the notable changes to me in Jefferson County were Jody, Joni Jenkins district moves to be a majority minority district, which it was not previously. And then the two uh, the two primary battles, which 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 order are they? I keep forgetting who got paired with who. Uh, so we've got Marzian and Cantrell. Yeah, and then the other one is Raymond and um, I'm looking for it here. I had it on the on the list and I've, I've lost it when we switched our match component. So I don't remember. I can't. I can't remember that my who Jesse Raymond got paired with. Come on, Nick. Jeez, I will. I will come with it. <laughs> anyway, I, I, Wilner, Lisa Wilner. Yes, that's good. Yeah, so you know, I think those are the most notable as far as overall impact on elections. That's probably the most notable shift. 
is yes. and, well, and, and I think Nina Nina Kulkarni's district also became a majority minority. So there, there were two new majority minority districts created in Jefferson County. So here's what's interesting, Aaron. The Democrats are, are really, really frustrated with with this map. They say that it uh, is an attack on on women. Uh, and, and which, which which I have a problem with that, Nick. If you run if you run nothing but women, and there's redistricting, and you have to put people together, it's going to be women put together. Like, <laughs> you know, the 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 gender of the people representing it has nothing to do with it. It's that that that's who holds the seat that represents that territory. And they can buy the territory. I don't. I don't think there's any legitimacy to trying to claim that they targeted women. You know, when you got like six women in the delegation for Jefferson County, it's going to end up happening. Right. Right. Now you are. I think in this map there is going to be a new district. Yeah. Oh, there had to be two the two two new ones, wouldn't there? Uh, yeah. The thirty first is new. The, the 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 there's a new thirty first. I think that there's a new thirty fourth. Uh, uh, that one makes sense because that 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 was Marzian's district member, right? And so in that one, the the buzz behind the scenes is that you could see somebody like uh, Kathy Chamber Armstrong, a uh, Metro Councilwoman, end up running for that seat. Interesting. I, I would have thought she'd have had she had a profile where she'd wait for something a little bit bigger than the state house. Yeah, I, you know. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's certainly not. I mean, and if, if, if I were her and I, and I was ambitious, I would stay in the majority in the Metro Council in Louisville and dominate Louisville media rather than go down and be in the minority, getting my teeth kicked in every day in the in the General Assembly. Sure, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think that, uh, you know, I think that there's well, there's a couple of things. I think that you know, Democrats, if they don't run for things, they're, they're never going to come up in the positions that they're in. So you're going to have to be in the minority, uh, obviously, to, to make an impact. But, but I do get that that logic chain, right? Of like, if I want to be somewhere, I want to be somewhere where I can have an impact and raise money in my do and you know, do big things and, and get things done. Uh, so, you know, I think it's all about what what it is that she really wants to accomplish. We know that this congressional district that's up uh, will likely be in the hands of whoever uh, wins it for uh, a long time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, this is why all the interest is on on that congressional seat. And so from there, you know, what is it that you want? Do you want to be, uh, you know, you want to be mayor? Uh, do you want to elevate and one day compete and run for governor? Do you want to be a, a senator? What, what's the, you know, what's the point? Uh, or not point, but what's the angle? Yeah, what's, what's the end game here? Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm a Democrat in Kentucky right now, I got to ask myself a lot of those questions because there's just not... Not many long-term, <laughs> long-term options for you, right? Right. And uh, is, is she an attorney? Do you know? Man, that, I mean, I, that you know, to me, that would be that would be the pivot. Is I'd want to run for a for a Jefferson County judgeship, but yeah, well, it you know, d- d- given all the if I can't run for Congress, I can't run for mayor. I think that's the that's the next the next thing to move up to is is a is a judgeship up there. Because then, you know, honestly, at some point in time, you could potentially pop up and maybe run for attorney general. You know, that's great. Great. That new 34th, that's uh, uh, that's going to be that sort of Highlands uh, portion of the of the map. That gives you sort of a geographic idea of, of what you're looking at. In Louisville, but... Look at the numbers now. What what district used to be 36? OK, so that's Jerry Miller. Uh, yeah, Jerry Miller's district got a little a little bit 
more uh, uh, compact over in the in the uh, on the edge uh, edge of the county, but that's also going to be now an, o- an open seat because uh, Jerry's not running. So just kind of looking at the old map and trying to see if there's anything, you know, super notable. Uh, well, you have any other thoughts on Jefferson before we move out of it? No, I mean, I think those are, that's the, the big one here. You got your parent off a couple incumbents. Obviously you're, you're having to do that because uh, Jefferson County is, is growing. I think there's 730 plus thousand people in Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's, let's be, let's, let's say, be upfront. Jefferson County was always going to have to get more compact. There was, and, and when you look at, when you look at where Republican members live, you know, Democrats, I've heard, say, well, why don't you put why don't you put any Republican members together? In some of these cases, Nick, some of these Democrat members live within blocks of each other. Right. Like it, it, this is not this is not like they they like they snake the district around the county to loop somebody in with somebody else. Like some of these people live within literal streets of each other, whereas the Republican members, Jefferson County, you know, they're they're in vastly separate neighborhoods. You have people living in the same neighborhood uh, in, in, in the Democrat caucus. And that was that that made it almost unavoidable that they were going to get put in 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 the, the same districts. Sure. There's, you know, if you're going, and especially if you're going to protect your incumbents, um, you know, I think uh, Jason Nemes, he's in one of those sort of swing districts. His district becomes, uh, in that 33rd, his district becomes a whole lot more Republican. In this map, he kept his portion of, uh, of Oldham County. Um, yeah, because because Jason goes out to goes out to, to Oldham and 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 has a little bit of Shelby now too. Yeah, so he gets a lot more Republican in this map. Uh, so, you know, it's very, very much a protection issue here. What I don't know about is where uh, his uh, opponent live. Uh, I think uh, Kate Turner, uh, she lives in Oldham County for, uh, you know, Democrat. She's already filed. Um, I, I would venture a bet that she does not live in the district. <laughs> I would bet you were going to be correct. I have not looked in, and, you know, obviously we don't have, or I can't see on this map the precinct level data to see what street she lives on, but I would bet it miss her by a couple of streets. Yeah. <laughs> Just, whoops, don't know how that happened. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's move on from Jefferson and, and go down, go down the bottom, bottom corner of the state, kind of do what we did before. The first district, uh, largely unchanged. There is a, a kind of a part of McCracken County that gets uh, swapped around a little bit that we're, uh, uh, it used to belong in the second district. Uh, that part now is in the in the, the first, and the part of the first that was in in uh, McCracken County is now in the second. So a little a little bit of a swap there, not a huge change uh, in Southern McCracken County. That's actually probably that uh, probably loops my family into the second district now. Just l- looking at it, it probably takes them out of out of uh, Rudy's district. Uh, the third uh, used to be just kind of all of downtown Paducah. Uh, that now is downtown Paducah, and then sweeping up. Uh, into Livingston County, so kind of an uh, uh, an interesting change there. Dealing with you know again a lot of these rural counties, you're, you're looking at population loss, and we're gonna we're gonna be getting bigger. Uh, the sixth district is is the same except for it loses a little bit of, of McCracken County. Fifth district uh, gets a little bit bigger in Trigg County. Trigg County actually was one of the counties that used to have uh, used to be carved up funky. Trigg County used to have three members, uh, now down to two. So. Uh, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of made, made more whole there. Uh, the fourth district, uh, which previously was Livingston, Critton and Caldwell, that's one of your incumbent versus incumbent changes. Uh, the fourth district got combined in with the 12th. 
So the fourth is now Hopkins County, which Hopkins County previously had two members, had uh, the 15th and the 10th. Uh, Hopkins County is now his own district uh, where the, uh, the 12th district, which is Jim Gooch based out of Webster County, uh, used to go up to Davies and McLean. Uh, again, recurring theme from the Senate map, shifts west, is now McLean, Webster, Union, and Crittenden. So that's uh, uh, Lynn Beckler versus Jim Gooch in that race. Mm-hmm. Uh, by, by the way, no, I, we, I had heard a bunch of rumors leading up to redistricting that, that Graves County may end up being split up uh, because there's already a primary challenger filed against uh, Richard Heath, uh, uh, Kim Holloway, a, a pretty prominent farming family, uh, out in Graves County. I had heard some rumors that they might be looking to split Graves County in two, but that, that didn't end up happening. Uh, what's, your, uh, what's your call on these uh, Republican versus Republican races? Do you think one of the uh, incumbents drops out before uh, filing deadline day? or, or is I, it a? I don't know. I mean, I've heard that, that Lynn's probably going to run. So that one, I, I think that there'll be a primary and everything I've read from, uh, I haven't talked to Norma uh, McCormick or uh, Bob McCool, but know reading the twitter twitter interaction it seems like they'll they'll probably uh still run you know but both run so i would assume they'll probably be kept relatively clean uh races but at the end of the day again this is probably going to be a population battle uh that new 12th district there's not really a strong population center between union webster mclean and crittenden so yeah that could be a, a relatively even battle whereas the new 97th uh martin johnson and part of pike uh you know Martin County is by far and away the smaller county of, of that district. Bob McCool's from Johnson County. So your population center actually is probably going to come from Pike in that race. Uh, you know, so it, it could be up for grabs, but uh, having kind of the contiguous population of, of Johnson County from McCool might give him a, a just again, from a purely regional uh, standpoint, uh, I would think would give him a, a slight advantage there. I personally can't think of Jim Gooch without thinking of Tara uh, Fanning's. No, no, uh, Nick, Nick, where we got to go there? Jeez. I don't, I don't want that image. My head. I mean, for anybody wanting to know about that, just do some googling. Oh, um, <laughs> all right. Uh, kind of moving along, Henderson County, another county that was split up by uh, the Stumbo map, is now whole again. So, you know, as, again, as we talk about Democrats moaning about some county splits, far more counties were made whole than were than were split under this new map. Yeah, I think that's something important to 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 take note of that, you know, a, a lot more counties because there were some just ridiculous drawings before, Nick. Uh, you know, I know some of the some of the map lines in uh, Hardin County uh, were drawn specifically to to get rid of uh, trying to get rid of Tim Moore. Uh, Scott County was completely carved up uh, because they were trying to get rid of, of uh, Ryan Corals. Uh, you know, so some of, some of these, there's a lot of counties that were previously split Hopkins County. There was, I forget the reason that Hopkins was split up. There was a, there was a reason there. Um, but you know, a lot of these, these district, these County divisions were actually, they're a lot more whole than they were before. Uh, so, you know, as, as you hear Democrats gripe about, splitting stuff that's where that's where we're at we've got 100 districts here you you know if you've got 4.5 million people now in kentucky uh, in this latest census it gives you an average district of around 45,000 people per district with a plus or minus uh population of you know i think we're at 4.8 
percent at the highest, uh, 4.39 at the lowest, uh, uh, that deviation range. Uh, there's, you know, uh, an infinite number of ways you can draw houses. Senate maps are, are much easier to draw yeah. just on, on how the maps are set up. And, and, and again, your goal should be to not have to split any smaller counties. And, you know, I'm looking at both the maps right now with the exception of Harlan County, which I think is just purely because you get down that bottom corner and they're all small and there's just no way to go with it. You're going to have to split some stuff up um, with the exception of Harlan County in the new map. There, there are no small counties split in the in, in the old map you had. Uh, you know, Trigg County was had had three members in it. Henderson had two. Um, Hopkins had to, uh, um, you know, was looking, looking through this thing. You had a bunch of smaller counties, Scott Franklin, um, uh, you know, you get some smaller counties that were split up that, that are now better whole into this map. Most looks like most of them were, were West Kentucky, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's less of a, an issue on this one. Uh, anyway, let's keep rolling through here. 13th district, uh, gets a little bit more whole, a little bit, uh, in, in, in Owensboro, um, the seventh, which used to be union and like skirting this weird line over into Davies County, uh, that's gone. It's just all, it's just all in Davies County. Now, uh, the 14th, uh, largely unchanged, although it has a little bit less of Davies County than it had before 15th. Uh, that's a, a larger change. It used to be Muhlenberg bleeding over into Hopkins. It's now just Muhlenberg, all Muhlenberg and all of Butler. So that's a little bit more whole, uh, Christian County. The eighth used to be uh kind of the the city of, of hopkinsville and, and uh just that part of christian county it's now christian uh a little bit of trig and uh and caldwell the ninth which used to be todd and part of christian is now only in christian county and the 16th which used to be uh used to be a uh, 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 logan and simpson is now todd logan in northern christian county so, you know, some significant changes out there, but if I'm not mistaken, the, the members from all those districts are still going to be from the more heavily populated areas. So it shouldn't result in a, in a, in a any sort of changes. Uh, let's see here. The 17th used to be Northern Warren County. Uh, and this is, this is uh, I believe this is Steve Sheldon's seat, uh, which will, will now be an open seat. Uh, it used to be all, all just, just all Northern Warren County, Butler and Grayson. It is now, uh, only the western side of Warren County, mm-hmm. so you know that's a pretty pretty significant change in that district, uh, and, and it accounts for the accounted for by the by the massive growth in Warren County's population. Right, right. Uh, uh, Michael Meredith used to have Edmondson, Hart, and a little chunk of Warren. Now only has Edmondson and kind of the entire north east half of. Warren County with the exception of, of the city of Bowling Green. Uh, and then the 20th district also got a lot more compact there in Bowling Green. Uh, you know, the, the, the Bowling Green city seat, the 20th district uh, used to be Allen Monroe and Cumberland is uh, I'm sorry. The 20, the, uh, I'm looking at the wrong numbers here. What am I looking at? Yeah, the 20th was Bowling Green. Yeah. 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 Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right, yeah. So it used to be it was, you had Logan and Simpson as a district, and then you had Allen, Monroe, Cumberland. Now you got Allen and uh, now you got Allen and, and Simpson uh, in, in a district together, uh, kind of south of, of Bowling Green. Um, 
Do I look at the right? Yeah, so you're you're looking at the 22nd district is a little bit of uh, Southern Warren. You've got Allen and Simpson. Um, and, and that's you're, you're going up a little bit more into Warren County uh, from the from the current map and the, the new 22nd district map. Yeah. Um, you know, significant changes to Warren County area. Warren County uh, gets uh, a lot more hole in the rural areas. They went from one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, they, I think they lose a member. Uh, they used to have five members there, and just four that have a part of Warren County. So, you know, again, making things a little bit more whole. Barron County grew just a little bit. So you have Barron County now large enough to have its own district. Uh, so that's that's kind of what accounts for the loss of a of of, of a somebody from uh, from Warren County is uh, uh, Steve Riley's district now is just just Barron County. Uh, the 24th, which uh, used to be Green, LaRue, and Marion, that's uh, uh, Brandon Reed, uh, is now uh, Hart, Green, and LaRue. You know, again, smaller counties, uh, he's from LaRue County. Should, shouldn't be a problem for, for a Brandon down there. Hardin County uh, is another one with some, uh, some larger changes, but not, not uh, shouldn't be huge impacts. Uh, Samara Heverin used to go from Grayson down to Butler. Her district's now Grayson and Southern Harden. So that should get a little bit easier for Samara. The 25th gets uh, more compact uh, in, in the kind of E-Town City. Uh, the 26th, which used to be, uh, used to be, yeah, and, and, and a little bit of, a little bit of Jefferson. 26th now, does 26th still go into Jefferson at all? I don't think it does. No, so 26th is complete, now completely out of Jefferson County. And is just bullet and and part of a part of uh, Northern Harden, and then uh, Meade County, uh, the Meade County seat, got also taken totally out of Jefferson County, and uh, gets a little bit less of Harden County than it, than it used to have. Um, the um, look at the so the tenth. So this this is a this is a where they've moved where they moved the district. What used to be the tenth. Uh, you got a new district number changed. Uh, the 10th is now getting pushed over into uh, 10th used to be Hopkins County. It'll now be Breckenridge and part of Hardin. So you will have a new member over there. Uh, although I believe if I'm not mistaken that Josh Calloway is from. Uh, uh, you know what? I might be looking at a, at, a, at a version of the house map that didn't pass. Nick. That might be why I'm confused on districts. <laughs> so yeah and you're you were right though the the 10th does get moved over into this and it creates a a new district but well, that well, that used to run it run but well, now because that's what it was before i think i might be looking at a map that that, that was yeah, yeah I, I i actually i'm looking at a map that didn't pass oops <laughs> the old map i've been looking at is actually the map that was filed and didn't didn't actually pass so yeah, because the current one is Breckenridge, Hancock, and part of Harding County. Yes. All right. Well, ignore most of what I told you about the old map on the rest of the podcast. So, because <laughs> I was looking at the wrong, at the wrong version of the old house map. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Well, that was so my we, bad. We do have some pretty substantial changes, though. But like so far, it's yeah. not going it, it, it to. Should, it shouldn't change membership anywhere. Right. Right. And uh, by, by the way, the, 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 old, the old house map is actually worse than I thought. Hopkins County had three members before. It now goes, goes down to one. <laughs> and, and trade to take a, a, a 
broader view of this, I mean, I think the, the net effect of what we're going to end up seeing from Jefferson, from Fayette, carving up more of these, these areas, more, more districts out of Northern Kentucky, is, is an increase in re Republican representation. Uh, in yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we won 75 seats with a Sumbo map. And, you know, I, I've heard predictions that we can end up between 80 to 80. 88 is the, is, the, is the highest number I've heard. But, you know, I think 80 to 85 is not outside the, the bounds of reason. It has nothing to do with gerrymandering. It has to do with we ungerrymandered some areas. You know, again, Hopkins County previously had three members in it, right. taking it down to one, uh, which, which then creates more seats in other places. So, you know, it, it's, it's some, some wholesale changes. The question here to me, though, is, is one of legislating. How does how do Republicans that are already having issues with 75 members get up to 80, 82, 85 uh, out of 100 seats? Now, where's the foil at? The foil no longer is fighting against Democrats in the state house. The foil will be fractionalizing the Republican Party uh, even more than it already is. That, that, that's always been my question. You know, I, I said, I said a long time ago that we should look at maybe, maybe giving Democrats a couple of seats back because it's going to be hard to, hard to manage this many members. And yeah, it, it will create more factionalism and, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to put together a, a ruling majority. And honestly, you know, it puts together a risk of having something like what happened in the state Senate years ago with John Eck Rose, where, you know, if you have a group of, 30 Republicans pair up with the, with the remaining Democrats, you know, guess what? You can elect a speaker. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, things could look very different. You know, Nick, we're already, we're, we're at an hour and 15 minutes. So let's, let's kind of uh, dispense with the, with the district by district. Because a lot of these, there's just not that much interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. district exchange. Yeah. Now I know a couple, I do want to note the 91st. I want to talk about real quick. Uh, that, that is the most annoying district in the state. That is the Toby Harold to Cluster Howard to Toby Harold to Cluster Howard to Bill Wesley district. Um, that district got changed considerably. Uh, it, it goes into Madison County. And uh, again, theme of the show heading east or heading west rather gets rid of uh, uh, Lee, Owsley and Breathed out of it. Uh, yeah, that's a considerable change to that district. Hopefully it will stop the ridiculous back and forth elections that we keep having there. Uh, the 89th Jackson County. Uh, is actually one of the few that, that, that runs east now. It used to be Jackson and Laurel. Uh, that's the old uh, Robert Goforth district. So Goforth would technically not even live in that district anymore. Um, I don't know. He might because it still has a little, little bit of Laurel, but it, that now adds Lee and Wolf to it. Um, you know, the, one of the interesting ones to me, Nick, is uh, what they ended up doing with the 93rd. Uh, I'm sorry, the 94th, uh, which, which, was, uh, which is Angie Hatton's district. Mm -hmm. uh, they kind of flip. She used to have kind of this weird chunk that goes up the middle of Pike County and then around, and then way around to the Floyd County line. Now she kind of just sticks to the Virginia line all the way up and around the city of Pikeville. And then she bleeds down into Harlan County a little bit into uh, the territory that uh, Chris Fugit uh, before him Fitz Steele used to have in Harlan County. So, mm -hmm. you know, a, a fairly significant change to Angie Hatton's district with the exception of her home County of Letcher. Uh you know, other than that, there's just there's not that much of interest outside of the big the big you know the big counties. Uh, let's talk about Northern Kentucky first. Uh, Sixty six gets a lot bigger in Northern Boone. Uh, that's South Santoro. 
And, you know, again, this is an area where I know enough to be dangerous on the actual geography of, you know, without, without having like precinct and city dots on the map. You know, I know enough geography to, t- to be dangerous to tell you what it means, but I, you know, I, I don't want to overstate my knowledge of the area. Um, but, you know, South district is now almost half the County on the kind of North, North and Northern Northeastern fringe of the 60th, uh, which, which is, uh, uh, sorry, the 60s, 60s is Sal, and the 66th is Ed Massey. So Ed Massey's got that big chunk in the in the northeast. Uh, Sal's district now kind of cuts across the right across the middle of the county, um, and, and then the uh, the 61st, which used to be a huge chunk of Southern Kenton, and 61st of course Savannah Maddox used to be a huge chunk, almost half of Kenton County by geography, and a little chunk of Boone. Uh, she now has a huge chunk of Southern Boone County, which for those of you who don't know Boone County politics, you got a whole hotbed of uh, kind of Tea Party, far right wing, uh, you know, rabble rousers in that Southern part of Boone County. They've, they've now, a lot of them have been looped into Savannah Maddox's district. So, you know, as far as kind of political identity, that probably makes a lot more sense. Uh, the the She keeps Grant as well in that. Yeah, but and and she loses Scott. Uh, she used to have almost half of Scott County again by geography, and so Savannah Maddox is drawn totally out of Scott. Now only has Grant, and she picks up Gallatin County out of the forty seventh. Uh, yeah, so some, some interesting changes to Savannah Maddox district, and probably gives her some constituents who who are more like minded to her, based on what I know about Boone County geography. Uh, the seventy eighth, which used to be uh, Pendleton and some of some of Campbell and some of Kenton. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, it used to be Pendleton, Harrison, and a little bit of Scott. Right. Uh, and this is, this, this is again, part of the effect of, of reuniting Scott County a little bit more effectively um, pulls another, another district out of Scott County and uh, is now Pendleton and, and uh, then up into Campbell and Kenton. Uh, and then you got kind of the, the most, probably the most, I'd say, would you agree the most controversial part of the map as far as, Democrats, yeah, uh, is, is what they did with the 65th, the 67th, the 67th, instead of kind of running along the river, uh, now goes north south, uh, from, from uh, kind of Newport down. That's Rachel Roberts district, and then the 65th, uh, which is Buddy Wheatley's district, uh, it gets a little bit less compact. It kind of cuts up the city of Covington just a little bit. The 63rd kind of goes up now has a sliver of Covington. And the 65th uh, kind of shifts its way down into the in, into the west just a little bit. Uh, I know Democrats are very upset about uh, how Covington was 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 cut up. Uh, they feel like that they're you know, the 64th kind of runs up in, in the in the in between those two districts now, which they've used to you know fully abut pretty much the whole way. 63rd cuts up into uh, on the river a little bit. So you know pretty large changes in that that yeah. Cincinnati suburb area. Those are looking for, yeah, so uh, you're going from right at the edge of Cincinnati and now you're getting into the, the suburbs. You're, you're definitely picking up some Republican precincts here without seeing precinct level map uh, and, and probably for Republicans ensuring that uh, the, the trend of, of Democrats winning in uh, heavily Republican Northern Kentucky uh, are, are probably numbered. Yeah, I mean, if it, my one concern there, Nick, is that it, it, did they get too cute by half where if, what Democrats thought the Andy Bashir win signaled, which nobody with an actual brain believed that Andy Bashir had somehow created some permanent flip in Northern Kentucky. But they thought, you know, 
they, they hung their hat on it and thought that it, that it might come true. Uh, but if it's, if in some way, shape or form, the suburbs do start to swing more blue, you know, did they dilute some of those Republican districts up there to where maybe there's more winnable districts for Democrats because they, they loops, they kind of polluted what would be, what normally be strong Republican districts with, with some more Democrat areas. You know, I, that's, that's the one thing what wouldn't happen this year. You know, it might be six or eight years down the road. That's the one concern I would have is that, you know, did you, did you get a little bit too cute with the map drawing? Yeah, it'd be an interesting trend to watch. Um, Adam Canning's district also, uh, you know, it got a little, a little bit more, uh, more compact as well. Uh, uh, for Canning, you know, and that, and that Northern Kentucky delegation is always going to have, uh, primary challenges. And I think this year is going to be no, no different. You know, I think Chris Weist has a whole group of people that he's got trying to line up to run against these folks. So it'll be interesting to see how with a, uh, you know, significantly funded uh, outside spending challenge uh, against you in a primary where you have, where you do have some new territories that haven't been in your district before, you know, does that have an effect on the way that some of those Northern Kentucky primaries turn out? I tend to believe the incumbents are, are likely to win, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and kind of hip hop and bebop down Lexington way here uh, and talk about uh, Jessamine and Fayette. Fayette gets a gets a brand spanking new district, Nick. Hell, I may run for it. I live in it. <laughs> <laughs> let's start. Let's start that rumor. <laughs> uh, so the 93rd gets moved up into Fayette County, new district. That's uh, it's an interesting. It looks to me like it probably again, not, not looking at the actual lines, but it looks to me like Nicholasville road is probably the edge of it. And then kind of goes across, uh, the County looks like, uh, probably Manowar is that Southern edge over to the, to Tate's Creek. And then Tate's Creek kind of cuts down to the Jessamine County line. looks to me like that's kind of the Southern edge of the little cut up and then kind of everything going, it takes a big, a big turn then uh, headed down towards the Madison County line. So this is a lot of what used to be the 88th district, the 88th district. Now, instead of being uh, kind of the bottom quarter, bottom, the bottom East uh, Eastern corner, Southeastern corner of Fayette County uh, now has this little loop that kind of comes down in the middle of the County, which uh, would it shock you to know that the current representative might live there, Nick. Uh, <laughs> And then, then it goes up, and instead of kind of going south, it goes up and loops all around the northern part of the county. Uh, so huge, huge change to the 88th. Uh, the 45th stays fairly similar uh, in Fayette County, but now dips down and takes, takes some of the Wilmore area in Jessamine County. The 56th is totally out of Fayette County now, uh, is, is uh, only Woodford and Franklin. Um, which, you know, and I've actually heard some people believe that, uh, they think Franklin, that the Derek Graham seat is at play now because of the way that Franklin County, uh, mm. was, was, was split in half, um, that that might potentially put that seat at play. Uh, the 79th district, uh, I actually think that the 79th could potentially be, uh, a, a, a district that could be at play as well, depending on, again, I've not looked at the exact precincts, but depending on looking at some of the stuff that got moved from the 75th and the 76th and the 79th and, and the 88th, you know, the 79th could be, could be something potential. The 75th and 77th, I think got, uh, you know, more, more democratic. I think the 76th did as well. So 75, 76, 77, all, uh, probably more, more democratic. Um, but, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on the carving up of, uh, of Fayette County, uh, here, Nick, especially the, the new district and kind of what they did with the, uh, Sherilyn Stevenson seat. 
I mean, this is uh, uh, this is some some mastery of map making here to to ensure uh, you know, the Republicans get to, get to play here in, in Fayette County. Um, I, you know, they're uh, I think it's to be expected. I want to see. And I'm trying to pull it up on my phone while you're talking. Uh, you, I've got a, a version of one of these maps, and I can't pinpoint it right now. Uh, where you've got like, three houses from a subdivision that are they're going to be crossing some boundary lines. So I, I think you're going to have some uh, some issues like we saw a couple of years ago, where you've got uh, people's mailboxes and other uh, you know another district and, and things like that. And some, uh, some likelihood here for some, some people to contest some of these these maps. Uh, I think they're going to pass, uh, but whether or not there'll be a court case, uh, I think is is to be seen. Unless, like you said, there is an issue with uh, some of the uh, uh, civil rights. I, I've heard there might be concern with 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 the seventy seventh that it might have cut up some minority neighborhoods. Um, I, I I don't know that for sure. It's just something that I've heard here in in town. Um, you know, so I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that that happened, but you know, that that's, that's something that I've heard. Uh, I, I, ju I just, I just don't know enough about the makeup of some of those precincts to be able to, to say anything definitively. Right. Right. And we know obviously Fayette has grown. So. Yeah. Know. I mean, it had to get bigger. It gets a new district. Um, and you know, the 88th gets a great, in fact, the 88th actually goes up into Scott County as well. So you're very, very, very creatively drawn. Yeah, it is. It's sort of a, a hook to you there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking to see if there's anything else that, that stands out to me on the house map. Uh, you know, Laurel County gets a whole, a whole bunch of members, which it kind of always has. And frankly though, you know, Laurel and Pulaski, there's so many weird political factions down there. It's almost better for those counties. If you have them, you, know, you you can you can give those factions their own little chunks of the county that they that they got they got a house seat and they're not in with each other where they're not going at each other's throats every primary election for a state house seat. Um, you know here uh, an interesting one, Nick is uh, you know Taylor County moves from Taylor and Adair to Taylor and Marion. Uh, you know that's kind of a, a an interesting swap there, which then uh makes a, a a different district where you go metcalf and this is this is where uh bart roland was so you can you, you can play around with a little bit down there it now goes metcalf monroe uh cumberland and adair rather mm -hmm. than uh cumberland clinton and russell being their their own thing and then the 83rd now is is clinton russell pulaski um I'm just trying to say that it's just, you know, the rest of it just kind of is what it is, man. You know, it, it, the, these districts had to get larger. Again, most of the changes that you see are going to be running from uh, from uh, east to west rather than uh, west to east, uh, just because of the tremendous drop in, in, in Appalachia and population. Uh, you know, final thoughts to the map. I think that, you know, it, it, to me, it looks pretty fair. Uh, the Northern Kentucky thing, I, I, you know, I have some concerns as to whether or not it might bite us in the ass six, seven years down the road. Uh, Jefferson County, I just don't know enough to comment. For Fayette, they got, they got creative, <laughs> but you know, this is, if you recall uh, the, 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 the first version of the last map, Nick, remember they had that one district where it was, uh, Jackson and, and Lincoln, 
going across Rockcastle County with literally one side of one street. So it looked like a, it looked like a barbell, like a, like a, a barbell bench, like a, like a bench, you're doing a bench press. It literally, it literally was one side of one street just going across the County. Uh, it, it was, it was a ridiculous map. So, you know, I've seen far worse gerrymandering. And, and I do think even in Jefferson County where I know there might be some frustration, those, it is unquestionable that those districts are more compact and less gerrymandered looking. Absolutely. And so that, that becomes the, uh, the fight over narrative at that point, right? Like, I think you're going to have some people that are going to be very upset about the Jefferson County map in particular, and maybe up into the Northern Kentucky map. Those, those two uh, areas of, of this map seem to be the ones where they play probably more games. But the question then becomes, is, did they play those games uh, because uh, uh because they wanted to, or because that they they had to do that, right? Uh, when you have a map that has been drawn uh, over different periods of, uh, of of being gerrymandered, uh, you're going to have to reset those. And there's a number of ways that you can obviously do that. And you know, I think the question is, uh, is the map in that format then punitive? And I think that's that's something that. You know, people are going to have a lot to say about. We saw it in committee yesterday. You saw, uh, uh, we saw Jason Nemus defend those maps. He's a he's a lawyer who's uh, defended the House uh, in in their suit against the maps that were tossed out in 2012. Uh, so, you know, he's saying this is a map that's defendable and uh, constitutional. And I would. I would bet that that he knows as much as anybody about how to draw a map that does what they want it to do and still make it uh, constitutional. Yeah, you know, I I, I have I have good hope that it's going to stand up. I, I hope it does. Otherwise, you know, if this thing gets delayed too long, we might have to end up running in the old maps for another year. You know, because there's there's also a question of filing deadline and you know how it impacts the primary and the you know so you know too much of a delay. And 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 I will say this: I, I don't blame any of this on. Republicans, I don't blame any of it. I wouldn't blame a delay on anybody who who feels the need to sue. You know, they we got these census numbers really late this this cycle as opposed to previous years. You know, they didn't get them. They got raw, raw, almost unusable data in August. They got a more functional fun, uh, functional tool in September. You know, it, usually you get this stuff in the spring. It's it, it is uh, it is a much delayed process because of covid and some wrangling over the process of the census you know so uh you know, anybody who wants to blame the republicans for putting th- these maps out late don't blame them man that they, they the, the census bureau was eight to ten months later than it normally were getting these people th- these numbers and so it, it delayed the entire process to 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 start drawing the maps it just it it kind of is what it is on that front so you know i'll anybody who's trying to, to blame anything on timing and, and late rollout or late they, that that's a, that's a false narrative. That they got there were maps within the uh, Republican caucus. I think all the way up until the time that these things were, were distributed. Yeah, I, I talked to people after the first who still weren't sure what some of these maps were going to look like. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, we went on for way too long, and I've got to go dig a car out of a ditch. Apparently, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take we're gonna take our leave here. Uh, we'll, we'll keep updating as we go uh, on the podcast and what happens with the travails of the maps and the passage. Uh, Nick Storm, thanks for coming on. All right, Trey. Good luck digging that car. Yeah, everybody be sure to go uh, check out Kentucky Fried Politics. Sign up for Nick's uh, morning email if you have not already. 
Uh, and uh, as always, if you uh, uh, if you haven't subscribed, haven't followed, please be sure to follow Thinking Politics Weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, be, be sure to give us a review if you subscribe on Apple. And uh, we'll be back with you next week on another Kentucky Politics Weekly. <laughs>